Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give Jesus a mighty hand. Everyone. And let us pray. Thank you, Father, for everything that you do for us. Thank you for your mighty provisions in our lives. One of the ways that you provide for us is through your word. Because your word contains wisdom. It contains direction. It contains hope. It contains comfort. It contains blessings. And this morning, as we sit in your house, in your presence, waiting to hear your word, we ask in the name of Jesus, send forth your word and let it accomplish a great purpose in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your word rebuke, let your word correct, let your word instruct. Let your word direct us. And by the time we leave here today, let a great impact be made on our lives through the ministration of your word. I bind every spirit that will seek to turn the word of God into something else apart from what it is supposed to be. Any power of darkness that will seek to distract your people and prevent them from hearing and receiving your word. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have free course amongst us today and use me for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' mighty name, and let everybody say amen. amen. Can I hear your loudest amen? Amen. Give Jesus another mighty you may be seated. Thank you very much, Michelle and Trula. Beautiful ministration. Bless you. This morning, I want to share a message with you. And the title of my message is a message from the porter's house. A message from the porter's house. Tell your neighbor God has a message for you. And the message is a message from the porter's house. Hallelujah. Amen. 
You know who a porter is, right? So a porter is somebody who makes vessels. <laughs> using clay. So that is who a porter is. So if anybody asks you who a porter is, you should be able to explain. One day in a certain school, the teacher asked the children to indicate what work their fathers do and then to describe who their fathers are. So one of them said, my father grows crops, he is a farmer. Another said, my father builds houses, he is a mason. The third one says, My father makes chairs and tables. He is a carpenter. Then the last student says, My father breaks coconuts. He is an incubator. Incubator. <laughs> so sometimes, as people are around, they think they know things that they don't know. That's why I've asked you what or who a porter is. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go right into the word of God, shall we? Jeremiah chapter 18. Reading from verse 1 to verse 6. This is what the word of God says. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the porter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the porter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. And so he crashed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. Oh Israel, oh Israel, can I not do to you as this porter has done to his clay? Oh Israel, can I not do to you as this porter has done to his clay? Oh Emmanuel, oh Emmanuel, can I not do to you as this porter has done to his clay? Oh Elizabeth, oh Elizabeth. 
Can I not do to you as this porter has done to his clay? Paulina. Oh, Paulina. Can I not do to you as this porter has done to his clay? Oh, something. Oh, something. Can I not do to you as this porter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the porter's hand, so are you in my hands. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Let's read one more verse of scripture. Isaiah 64. And verse number 8. It says, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. And you are the porter. We all are formed by your hand. May I hear your loud Amen. Amen. A message from the porter's house. Now, the prophet Jeremiah was one of the major prophets in the Bible. There are four major prophets in our Bible. There are four major prophets in the Bible. Okay. These four major prophets are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Then there are 12 minor prophets. This includes Amos, Obadiah, Habakkuk, Malachi, Zechariah, and Zephaniah. The only reason why they are called minor prophets is because their writings are not a lot. So maybe one or two chapters. But the others who are referred to as major prophets, they wrote much more. So they are not major because what they wrote was more important than what the others wrote. They are called major prophets because they wrote more. Are we doing some Bible study this morning? Yeah. All right. Now, the prophetic ministry of Jeremiah, it covered the period from King Josiah. King Josiah became king when he was eight years old. There was another king, another king called Joash, who became king when he was seven years old. I find it very fascinating. <laughs> How old is Papa? Nine years old. 
So can you imagine that your son who is nine years old is president of the Republic of Ghana? To just be playstations at the castle or at the Jubilee House. So I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that they had people to guide them. But this king, Josiah, is described as one of the greatest kings that Judah ever had. Because at the point, the kingdom of Israel was split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And Judah and Benjamin, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin made up the southern kingdom. And so Josiah was a king over the kingdom, over the southern kingdom. And Jeremiah was a prophet in his time. And he carried out his prophetic ministry all through Josiah's time to the time of King Zedekiah. And during the time of Zedekiah, the people of Israel were in captivity in Babylon. Now, Jeremiah was commissioned by God to warn his people about impending judgment that was going to come upon them. And God was not happy with his people because of their idolatry, because of their backsliding, because of the wickedness that had enveloped the entire kingdom. And because of the evil that was being perpetrated in the land. And so God raised the prophet Jeremiah. To warn his people. That he was going to bring a sudden severe judgment on the entire land. The prophet Jeremiah was not liked by the people at all. And they did not receive his message well. Because they saw him as a prophet of doom. Always prophesying gloomy things. And so they didn't like him at all. Now, most of his prophecies had to do with the evil and the terrible things that God was going to do to his people. But there were also prophecies that had a rank of hope around them. So for example, he prophesies in Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you, say the Lord. Not thoughts of evil, but of peace to bring you to the expected end. Because 
So although most of the prophecies were about judgment and destruction that was going to come upon the land. In the midst of them all, there were prophecies that had the glimmer of hope for them. Another of the prophecies of hope that Jeremiah gave is what we read in Jeremiah 18 verse 1 So God gave a message to Jeremiah. And he said to him, I want you to go to the potter's house. And when you get there, I'm going to speak to you. He arrives at the potter's house. And he goes to meet the porter at work. He was sitting behind his wheel and he was working. He had clay that had been made ready to be made into a vessel. Obviously, the porter had a picture in his mind of what he wanted to make. So he gets the clay, slaps it on the spinning wheel, and then he starts working. His hands begin to form the clay. As it span, as the wheel span round and round and round. And the clay started to take shape. The porter had a picture in his mind of what he wanted to make. And he kept working at it. But along the line, something happened. A challenge arose. The vessel that he had set out to make was not turning out exactly into what he had in mind. It wasn't coming out the way he had planned. And so what does he do? He doesn't throw the clay away. It wasn't coming out well. But he didn't throw it out. You know, usually when things are broken, or things are not turning out well, it's our tendency to throw those things away. But this potter does not throw the clay away. He doesn't give up on it. It is mad. It has a defect. It was mad. But he didn't throw it away. He crushes it into a lump. And then he starts all over again. And he's determined to produce something good out of that clay. Amen. He doesn't give up. He works at it. Again. Because he has a plan. For that clay. Why did God 
God sent Jeremiah to the house of the prophet. It was because God had a message for his people. And the message was this. That as the clay is in the potter's hands. So are we in the hands of God. So are we in the hands of God. So as the clay was in the hands of the potter. God wanted Jeremiah to see the potter at work so that he can send a message to you and I that as the clay is in the potter's hands so are we in his hands can I have an amen from somebody amen Notice that there are three important elements in this story. There is the potter. There is the clay. And then there is the wheel. So three important elements. The potter. The clay and the and the wheel. Everybody say the potter. The potter. The clay. The clay. And the wheel. And the wheel. Say it one more time. The potter. The clay. And the wheel. God is the potter. The potter in this message from the potter's house represents God. And we are the clay. Go back to Isaiah 64 verse 8, I think. And we see it clearly spelled out there. It says, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. And you are the potter. And so who is the potter? I'm asking you a question. Who is the potter? God is the potter. And who is the clay? We are the clay. So there is the potter. There is the clay. And then there is the wheel. I want to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, that the clay doesn't represent everybody. But the clay represents the children of God. And the people of God. So not everybody. So the clay represents you and I who have decided to commit our lives to God. And we have made him our Lord and our God. The third element is the wheel. And the wheel represents this life and everything that pertains to it. Life is like a wheel. 
going round and round and round. Do you know that this earth that we live on is spinning all the time? The earth is round and it spins all the time. It is spinning at a rate of 1,600 kilometers per hour. 1,600 kilometers per hour. Just spinning on its axis round and round and round. And not only is it spinning round, but it is also moving round the sun. And it moves round the sun at the speed of 107,000 kilometers per hour. When the earth spins round its axis, starts from one point to the end, it means 24 hours have passed by. And when the, the earth moves from one point and gets back to the same point, it means 365 days have gone by. That's one How many are remembering your geography lessons? That's what it is. You know, sometimes when you're in school and they're teaching you these things, you can't relate with them. <laughs> but as you are sitting here right now, life is moving. The earth that you are on is moving. You may be saying, ah, but if it's moving, why am I still here? You are moving. You are moving. But you don't know that you are actually moving. And your life is moving. Every second that passes by, your life is finishing. You are expiring. So, ka, your life is finished by one second. Kaka, your life has finished by two seconds. So, the wheel represents life. And everything that pertains to this. Now, what does all of this have to do with you and I? And I want to relate this to the Christian experience. Because there is a connection. If you say, and ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand this. That when you give your life to Jesus, when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, when you become born again, when you surrender your heart to him. It means that you are placing your life in his hands. And you become like clay in the hands of the porter. And once you are in God's hands, I want you to believe that he has a plan to make your life beautiful. I said he has a plan to do what? Make your life beautiful. 
And that is why the Bible says that Christ in you the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to say to somebody today that God has a great plan concerning your life. His plan is to make something beautiful out of you. If your life is in his hands, then just as the potter sets out to make a beautiful vessel or a useful vessel out of the clay God has a plan concerning you and you and you and especially you and his plan is to make something beautiful and something glorious out of your life as long as you remain in his hands then I need you to believe that what God has purposed to do with you what God has purposed to do in your life he will bring it to pass and nothing can frustrate it nothing can stop it nothing can thwart it in the mighty name of Jesus can I hear your loud amen amen and so God is working He's doing something with us. But what he is doing is on the wheel of life. But there is always a challenge. Challenge to do with this life. That sometimes things happen to us. We meet certain situations that affect us that disturb what God is doing with our lives. We encounter things that leave a defect and it affects us and we don't turn out exactly the way God wants us. What are some of the things that affect us? These are things that leave us with a crack. Sometimes it leaves us with a bump. Sometimes it leaves us with a depression. But then, in this life, sometimes we don't turn out the way God has planned. So, for example, your environment, the environment you find yourself can affect you and can affect what God is doing in your life. Your home environment, the environment you live in and operate in, it greatly affects you. Because if you live in a funny environment, it can affect you. Because if you live in an environment where there's a lot of evil, there's a lot of wrong things being done. 
you, you're growing up in an environment where there's no progress. An environment where people are not progressive. It can affect what God wants to do in your life. So sometimes people only begin to do better when the environment changes. So your environment can affect you. It can affect what God wants to do in your life. Like your school environment. The school that your children go to is very important. Because it affects them. It does. Yeah. Especially these secondary schools. Secondary school. That is why, as a parent, you just don't look for the school with the least school fees. And take your children there. If you really understand how an environment can affect a person's life, you will be very careful the school environment that you place your children There are children who were good before they went to school. But because of the school that they went to, they came out and their lives have been mad. So there are times when parents look at their children. It's like, what happened to him? What happened to her? Why has he turned out this way? Because his life is mad. Your work environment can affect you. And it's not everywhere that you can work. And it's not everywhere that you're supposed to work. You don't just accept to work somewhere because of the salary you'll be paid. If you understand that you are on a mission, and you understand that God has a great plan for your life, before you decide to work anywhere, you got to ask yourself, that will this environment not affect me? So, will it not change something even your church the church that you, you are the environment in that church it has a great effect on you church is a place where we're supposed to be spiritual but it can be a place where spirituality is taken away and sometimes your life is mad by the environment sometimes your background your family background it affects you and so you are not turning out the way God wants you to turn out because Ladies and gentlemen, your background affects you. And you need to believe God to break out of a certain background. Because your background makes you think in a certain way. Your background can make you very retrogressive. And it's like God is trying to make something great out of your life. 
But your background is affected. You think in a certain way. You look at things in a certain way. You analyze things in a certain way. It all has to do with your background. Sometimes you get married to somebody. All the problems you are having in the marriage is because of the background of the person you married. Organization message, but there's truth in what he say. You see, if you grew up in a family where fathers are not on it, maybe your mother doesn't talk to your father well. When you marry, you can easily become like that. Because they say, It's not in the Bible. But it is a saying. That crab doesn't give birth to birth. Where is it in the Bible? Josiah chapter 24 verse 3. It is not there. If you grew up in a home, and that family background is such that your father doesn't do anything in the house. If you marry a man like that, it will not be easy for you. He won't do anything to help you in the house. And you will struggle. But you see, the way he is, the way he's marked, the defect with him, it is because of his background. And sometimes God is trying to change the person. But the person is not changing. When he comes to church and he hears pastor preaching and saying that husband, help your wife at home. Husband, help to take care of the children. He fights against it. He rejects it because the background is a stronghold in his If we say your experiences in this life, your pain, your sorrow, your disappointment, the betrayal you experienced, the rejection that you went through, it has a way of affecting your life. Marrying it. Sometimes it's the mistakes we make in life, the decisions we take, the choices we make are the reason why our lives have been marred. The reason why there's so much defect in But this morning, God is sending us a message from the porter's house that there is a defect, yes. That there is a problem, yes. That we are not yet what God wants us to be, yes. But as long as our lives are in his hands, and as long as we remain in the potter's hands, what he has purpose to do with us, what he has determined to make out of us, the great thing he wants to do with us, the glory he wants
wants to reveal in our as long as we remain in his hands that which he has purpose he will bring it to pass there is a defect yes your life has been mad yes your life is not everything it's supposed to be yes but I say to you this morning hear the message from the potter's house and the message is don't get out of my hands no matter how you are no matter how things are no matter the problems with you no matter the mistakes you make no matter the challenges you are going through make sure that whatever you do don't get out of my hands because once you stay in my hands once you stay with me I am the potter and you are the clay and whatever good thing I want to make out of you I am not ready to give up on you I will continue to work on you I will continue to persist with you I will continue to press on in what I'm doing and what I have determined to do I will bring it to pass I am saying to somebody today that as the clay is in the hands of the potter so are you in the hands of your maker and I prophesy into your life today you are not yet where God wants you to be you have not yet arrived at where God wants you to get to you have not yet become everything that God wants you to become but you are not a lost case you are not a hopeless case he is not going to throw you away he says I have loved you with an everlasting love God doesn't give up on us we are the ones who give up with God we are the ones who run away from him but hear thou the message from the potter's house stay in my hands don't leave my hands stay within the control of my hands I know what I'm doing with you you have a defect you have been mad you are not what you are supposed to be but you are still working progress Christ in you the hope of glory and what I have set out to do I will do it because I am the one who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you have asked and above all that you have imagined as the clay is in the hands of the potter so are you in the hands of the potter don't lose your hope don't give up on life don't give up on yourself. As long as you are in the hands of your maker, then know that something good, something beautiful, something glorious will come out of your life. Hear thou the message from the porter's house this morning. Rise to your feet, family. Every head bowed, Jesus, and every eye closed. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to just pray and commit yourself to God. Maybe because of the things that you've been through. 
your pain, your disappointment, your losses, it has has had a great effect on you. And because of that, it's like you slipped away from God. Maybe you have jumped off the wheel of life and you are lying somewhere. But this morning, I want you to place your life in the hands of the porter once again. Commit yourself to him. Say that God, my life is not what I want it to be. What I thought I would be by now, I'm yet to see it. I am battling with so many things in my life. But I know that you are the one who can make my life beautiful. I place my life in your hands again. Make me into what you want me to be. And do something new and something glorious in my life. Can you lift up your hands as a sign of surrender to the Lord and speak to Him? Tell Him, Father, take my life again. Take my all. And continue working on me. Help me to be all that you want me to be. I am staying in your hands. I am coming back into your hands. Continue to work on me. You may want to pray for somebody close to you. Your husband. Your wife. Your child. Your father. Your mother. But speak to the Lord right now. And place your life in his hands. In the name of Jesus. Speak to the Lord right now. Everybody. Speak to him. Cry out to the Lord. Speak to him. Standing, Father, thank you for this message from the portal. Thank and there's a message from the Lord to somebody Jesus. that somebody is on the verge of ending your own life. You want to commit suicide because of the mess that you find yourself in. Because of something very painful that has happened to you. This message is for you, my friend. Allow God to heal your heart right now. And wherever you are, whoever you are, you may be watching us online, but place your hand on your heart and allow the Spirit of God to work on your heart You don't need to end your life. You don't need to throw up your hands in despair. You don't need to give up on life. You don't need to give up on yourself. Because he lives and because he's in control, he is going to work things out for you. And whatever you are battling with, God is bringing you out of it. And God is turning things around for you. Thank you, Father, for healing. Thank you, Father, for deliverance. Thank you, Father, for new hope. Thank you, Father, for a new will to press on. Thank you, Father, for the new ability to keep pressing on. We thank you, Father, today. In the name of Jesus. 
And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, you want to give your heart to Jesus. You want to say, Pastor, thank you for today's message. I need God in my life. I need him because things are in a total mess. My whole life has gone haywire. Nothing seems to be working. And I can see that what is missing in my life is the Jesus factor. I want to place my life in his hands. And I believe that as I do so, he's going to make something beautiful. This morning, you want me to pray with you. And you want to give your heart to Jesus. As every head is bowed. And every eye closed. You want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I want you to lift up your right hand. And I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Lift up that hand very clearly. Wherever you're standing. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And wherever you are. I want you to pray this prayer. Say with me, Heavenly Father, today I come to you just as I am. Oh God, please forgive me for all my sins. Please forgive me for running away from you. Today, day, I'm not running anymore. I come to you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. For the rest of my life, I will trust in you. I will serve you. I will live for you. Make my life beautiful. And whatever you want to do with me, I surrender to your will. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. Today, I am saved. I am saved. I am born again. I am a child of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.